Hello and welcome to episode 95 of the Ego Child Podcast. My name is Preston Byers and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Justin Binkowski. And on today's episode, we are talking MW3 after the launch last week. We have some really unfortunate and quite sad news about um, one of our favorite sites um, or at least one of our you know, most important sites in Call of Duty history. Uh, we have some really unfortunate news about game battles. Uh, we have some roster announcements coming from the Carolina Royal Ravens and the Las Vegas Legion. We have some roster drama. Thankfully, there is supposedly a roster coming for the Los Angeles Gorillas, but we'll get to that. Um, we have some caster stuff. We have uh, some players announcing that they're not going to be playing this season. Just a ton of stuff to talk about on this show. But before we get to any of it, how are you doing, Bink? I'm doing well. And like you said, we got a packed show, so no reason to beat around the bush. Let's get into it. Let's start with the MW3 launch because that is the biggest thing, at least globally, uh, that we've been talking about and doing for the last five days or so. Uh, it came out really on Thursday uh, when the New Zealand uh, servers went online and that pretty much opened the floodgates for players to do the New Zealand trick or just change their um, Activision account location to New Zealand to play Modern Warfare 3 early. Um, so that was pretty much all of Thursday or Thursday night if, um, you know, for us, we at least started playing on Thursday and it globally launched at midnight whatever time zone you're in on friday uh, and we've been playing pretty much all weekend and all early this week uh, i believe we're both level 55 we both got some gold guns we both got to um, be annoyed by the game in some various ways i'm sure um, but we kind of want to go through some of the good and the bad things that we've noticed over the past four or five days from mw3 uh, starting with the bad first, so we can kind of get the bad news out of the, the way and then kind of end this uh, this part of the show on a good note. So uh, I wrote down just a, a list of things that I think are not so great. Um, one, the map pool is pretty bad, um, at least for pubs, because I haven't obviously played any competitive. And with ranked play probably not coming until January, probably not going to be playing a ton of competitive other than potentially CMG um, over the next few months. But the maps are um, not real great. Um, Rust, Skid Row, and Scrapyard are really the only bearable ones for pubs for me. Um, High Rise on occasion, Terminal on occasion, but uh, really just a pretty poor set of maps for pubs. Um, and that leads me into my next point is that as far as competitive goes, there's not much wiggle room for the map pool right now. Um, there are about five hardpoint maps uh, that are in rotation, at least in scrims. Um, there are, uh, or potentially six actually, but um, I haven't seen high rise played on, for hardpoint. And then you have search. There are five search maps. And I've only seen Karachi control, and I, so I have no idea what control is going to look like in this game in terms of competitive. Um, and then the only other two things I had are Armory, Armory Unlock System and the skill-based matchmaking system. Um, do you agree, disagree on any of those points about the things that I think aren't um, the best in Modern Warfare 3? Um, in terms of the maps for pubs, I don't fully agree. I think, you know, it could be partially nostalgia, but 
Um, I definitely like more than just those maps that you mentioned. Um, obviously, some of the maps that I just despise, like Wasteland and Derail, are are still terrible uh, to this day. But they were never great to begin with, even uh, 14 years ago. So, um, but you know, I definitely like some of those maps, and that's you know, like Invasion, Karachi. High Rise, Terminal, those are maps I played a lot of S&D on back in the day, and uh, I have some good memories on those, so maybe I enjoy them a little bit more um, due to that, but um, yeah, I, I think more than three maps, but I, I do agree that um, you know there certainly are some maps that aren't great, and they weren't great to begin with, and they are still in this game, and they aren't great. I will say, though, as a caveat to that, um, even maps like Wasteland, they like Wasteland in particular, looks really visually appealing to me. Um, I thought it just wasn't good at all back in the day, and um, like visually speaking, I think it looks a lot better in this game. I still don't think it's a good map, but just like looking at it is a little bit more bearable, and it's a little bit easier to see some things on it. It's still a nightmare with people in the grass and stuff like that, but. Um, yeah, for pub speaking, maps or whatever, I, I enjoy a couple more than you, I guess. But um, competitively, that's just something we've been talking about now for, for months during the offseason is we knew, since we knew that uh, the MW2 maps were coming, the biggest question was going to be what maps were going to be used for Hardpoint, considering Hardpoint wasn't a mode uh, in the original MW2 when these maps were made. So... Um, I found by playing pubs that I remember um, a lot of these locations for hard points were headquarters spots when headquarters was a mode in MW2. Um, I really liked headquarters back in the day. Um, so that was something I would play in pubs. And I, in particular, I, I think you were playing with us on launch night when I said it. Like on Terminal, there's the, the hard point now in Burger Town, the little restaurant. And it's like tucked away in a corner there. Um, and I remember that being a headquarters location on Terminal way back in the day. So that was, like, um, funny to me. And it doesn't surprise me at all that, that they would take some inspiration from that. I think, if I remember headquarters correctly, I don't think it was the same rotation every game. If it was, I was probably uh, too young and naive to actually acknowledge it. But I don't think it was, like, a set rotation. But it had, like, multiple points where the headquarters could spawn in each game. And that's what, it, like, like one of the spots was where um, some of these hardpoint locations have been, at least if I'm, I'm remembering correctly. So that's interesting. Um, but yeah, competitively speaking, that that's just been the biggest thing since day one, since we knew these MW2 maps were coming. Is what's how's hardpoint going to play on these maps where hardpoint didn't exist? Um, the one thing I was saying over these weeks is that I didn't know if Scrapyard was going to make the cut, even though it's a map I really like, simply because I thought it was going to be too small, and I thought it was going to play too fast with the current movement, but I am definitely happy that it seems like players are giving it a shot, and it could potentially make the cut, um, because again, I do think it's a good map, but it definitely is one of the smaller options, and I think no matter what, because obviously Rust isn't going to be competitive, um, if Scrapyard is to make it, I think it would undoubtedly be the smallest map in the map pool. Um, so that would probably be like, I, I don't think it would play like Bokage, but it would probably be a map similar to where we saw like very high kill numbers in, in Vanguard. Um, it could be the map that we potentially see high kill numbers in MW2. 
Um, or I guess on the continent, no, I, I, I feel like it's a pretty safe bet that that would be the map that has the highest engagements if we get like a 250-249 game. Um, but I could also see there being some like blowouts on that map where they end very quickly just due to the size. And if teams are like able to chain rotations very easily just because there isn't as much space to rotate, right? Like even a team like FaZe, um, they could hold you for full 60 and they could not rotate and then just break the hill within the first five seconds because the, hill, the other hill is very close to where the last one is just due to the map size um, and then get like 50 seconds on the next hill. So I think it would, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it plays. Um, I did play control actually on Scrapyard last night and the, the one control point was in L-Tube in the middle and the other one was in the building to the right of it if you're facing, um, if you're facing the, the, defending spawn in search which might not mean anything to anybody but i, I can't the big building that's that has three stories uh if you're facing that building uh l tube in the middle and the building to the right is where the other control point was and uh i don't know how that would play um competitively it, it felt like it was very just it was also 66 and it was in pubs so i can't really take too much away from it um but it felt very like uh offensively favored and i'm pretty sure we won that game 3-0 with only three of us playing so it was kind of a stomp but that could have been an sbmm thing kind of like you were mentioning um i know there have been complaints about that i haven't really uh encountered anything there have been a couple lobbies where you know i got fried and, and tucked the bed but um i haven't i haven't felt like there's been anything egregious uh on this sbmm front for me but um I know other people have been complaining, so that's just something that, you know, doesn't seem like Activision's going to be addressing anytime soon, and uh, just going to, it seems like something we're going to have to deal with or, as a community for uh, as long as it stays around, so, um, yeah, and the only other thing you mentioned, the Armory Unlocks, um, I kind of like the system, I know that might be a little bit of a hot take, um, don't get me wrong, I definitely think it's incredibly stupid and just terrible design to even have the possibility of a challenge that is needed to use something that features um an unlock from said challenge system which the biggest thing is people are getting challenges for semtex kills and flash grenade uh usage and they can't do those challenges because they need to complete the challenges to unlock flashes and semtex um i think if the armory system challenges were just straightforward and didn't include stuff like that that i wouldn't have a problem with it it would give me a reason to play more um i don't think there is anything wrong with the traditional system of you know just leveling up and unlocking everything and i i don't think they need to reinvent the wheel in that regard um but i don't hate the system as much as other people might um that also could be due to the fact that I initially didn't get one of those flash or semtex challenges, so I was able to unlock several uh, items on launch day, because once you do your three dailies, the bonus challenges just win a game, and we were obviously going on a lot of win streaks on our, our launch night, so um, I was fortunate in that sense, and I didn't get affected by the the issues that other people have had with like the semtex and the flashbangs, but... Um, that aside, I I still don't think uh, I I don't think that should be a part of the system. But if the challenges were 
Um, you could even make them a little harder, I guess. Like maybe even if you instead of like getting two flashbangs, you did like fifty kills with a battle rifle or something. Um, I know I had one yesterday for like seven kills with a battle rifle, and and that was pretty easy. Um, so like if you increase the number, like I'm never gonna use that battle rifle probably um, unless I get another challenge like that. But um, you know stuff like that that doesn't require you to use something specific, especially something that needs to be unlocked by the challenge system. Um, that's where the the problem lies in the current system. So yeah, yeah. I think with the armory unlock system, the the biggest issue I have is just one the you know like you mentioned it's just illogical to put something in a challenge when you have to use that thing it it doesn't make a lot of sense um but i also just don't think that uh, you know like why not just have everything be able to be unlocked by just leveling up or putting the armory unlock system on just a win loss set of circumstances so like what you said when you get done with your daily challenges then every um every additional win accounts essentially as a, another challenge that you've completed and you can level up that way i think that is the much better system than get 20 kills with an lmg and then you can unlock this gun just have people win games maybe that'll get people to focus more on the objective and try to win the game rather than get kills with certain weapons uh, which can obviously lead to losing games and then it just makes it a more frustrating experience for everyone else um, and i think they could even if they wanted to tie in cosmetic items um you know not it doesn't need to be some flashy like ridiculously good cosmetic but say for this day, if you complete your all of your challenges or whatever, you get a certain weapon camo. And that gives people an incentive to log on every day and do their challenges because then they get this somewhat exclusive weapon camo and maybe that'll entice people into doing it. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's not the end of the world. I um, it, It's probably been more annoying for some other people because their daily challenges weren't uh, working properly which then creates so many issues with not only xp but then you can't actually unlock the weapons that you wanted to or you need to uh to do whatever you want to do in the game um although there is you know the workaround of zombies and you can exfil and stuff which is which is cool i guess but i'm not someone that's really big into zombies um maybe you have thoughts on that because i know that this is a completely different system this is essentially zombies and dmz had a baby and they have now made modern warfare zombies so your first impressions of this new zombie system i know that uh, nick a30 he's pretty much said said like this is one of the best zombie systems since like bo3 so i i guess do you agree with that statement i do not and okay. i will you know, I saw Noah J456 posted something earlier today about how much uh, it's growing on him as well. So maybe I do have to play it some more. Um, but, you know, just as a, a short TLDR is my experience. I uh, After hitting level 55 on Friday, I decided on Saturday I would try zombies for the first time. Uh, in my first game, I equipped um, my ACR that I had fully leveled in gold. And I was going to try and do some of those challenges to get it gold in zombies. Um I loaded into the uh, the zombies map, and you know the starting area is pretty easy. It, it felt like 
Um, you know, like an episode of The Walking Dead in one of the later seasons where you're just running around and the walkers are just walking and not really doing much and you can just, you know, kill them and move on. But um, I decided to start a contract, which I don't remember. It was something I had to defend something or, or something along those lines. Um, and I was completely uh, oblivious to the fact that there are AI soldiers in the mode. Um, so I was going to defend whatever the mission was and i started getting shot by bullets in the back and it was the first time i had been shot in a zombies game um i guess that's actually a lie because there it was uh, some boss zombie in one of the games that had like a, a minigun or something like that but um regardless of that i was unexpectedly getting shot in zombies and i died and i wasn't yeah i was like what the hell just happened um and then because of the DMZ-esque feature of the zombies, you lose your gun that you enter with um, on an hour cooldown. So I wasn't able to use my ACR in the next game. So I went in with like one of the recommended guns or whatever. And then the map is broken down into low threat, medium threat, and high threat zones. In my second game, I decided to just wander into the medium zone just to see what that was about. And I died very quickly because it was a very drastic difference between how many bullets it takes to kill a zombie in the low threat mode and the high threat or medium threat zone. I haven't even gone in the high threat zone, so I can't even imagine how much more difficult that would be. Um, but using a, a starter gun that didn't have any attachments uh, definitely was not ideal for that second zone. Um, but then by my third zone, I decided to just take it easy, uh, explore a little bit in that low threat zone, and uh, I did some easier, some I did some random contracts that turned out to be easier than whatever the first one I did was, um, and I was I was able to get through that one. So um, eventually, I played a couple more games. I, I got to get to the bot mystery box, um, the pack a punch that made things pretty easy, um, and then I, I figured out that. Um, I saw somebody when I was trying to exfil because it's now timed. Uh, you can only play 45 minutes, I think. Or if you don't exfil within that 45 minutes, you basically lose what you had. Um, so, like, my timer was running down in, like, my fourth or fifth game, and I was going to an exfil zone on the map, and I saw some guy just, like, killing all the zombies, and he wasn't exfilling. So, like, I kind of just waited there as long as I could, and then I exfilled. Um, and my next game, I went back to another exfil area, and I realized what that person was doing was they were just... Because uh, when you exfil, a shit ton of zombies will spawn in. And he was just, like, trying to get the closest experience to an old zombies game. And, uh, like, a, a higher round uh, experience where he was just running in a circle, training the zombies and, and killing them. And then he wouldn't exfil. He would leave, come back, trigger the exfil again, and do that over and over again to just kill a ton of zombies. At the end of the day, that's all I'm trying to do in, in, in a zombies when I'm trying to relax. And... Uh, you know, run around, see how many zombies I can kill. I don't care as much about the mission aspect of it and stuff like that. So once I figured that method out, um, that was pretty fun. But yeah, I think especially if all these other people are starting to say it's growing on them, maybe I got to give it another, not not give it another chance because I, I don't totally hate it. Um, but I guess I got to give it more of a chance and play it a little more to see uh, if it'll grow on me as well. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of positive buzz. Um, but, th you know, there was a lot of really positive thoughts about DMZ and MW2, um, at least from the players that played it. Like, I know that when I went home for 
I think it was Christmas last year, my cousin was talking about it. He was like, have you played DMZ? And I'm like, no, I, I haven't. And he's like, well, it's really good. And I was like, Jesus. Like, I, you never hear this about modern Call of Duty, about people actually being like, oh, yeah, that's really fun. Um, maybe Warzone, but, like, not so much lately in Warzone. It's, that's more like the first iteration. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's – it's cool. I think um, people probably – should have the ability to experience that old zombies feel if they want that and then have this on top. But uh, I get that there are only so many developers. And um, according to that Bloomberg report, they were on like a pretty, uh, pretty serious time crunch in terms of, um, you know, how long they got to develop this uh, entire game and um, the different developers that the different studios that are developing each game mode, it could make a lot of, um, you know, that can make a lot of work for very few people. So uh, understandably, they they can't just, um, you know, do everything for everyone. But uh, I'm, you know, I think you probably will play a lot of zombies uh, at least early on. And then if you are really out on it, I'm sure I won't hear you talk about zombies at all for the rest of the year, kind of like um, the last few years. Um, uh, let's Let's talk about the good, though, before we move on. Um, because I think there are some good things. Um, one is like a really small thing uh, in theory, but really big uh, personally. The sounds of the game are actually pretty nice. I, I know Tremor mentioned this uh, when we were playing this, uh, playing on Friday. But the the headshot and the the hit marker, um, the, the sounds of those are very satisfying in game, uh, which you know can go a long way, uh, even though it sounds pretty small. Um, one of the bigger things is the meta right now, and of course this can this can and definitely will change at least somewhat um, over the next month or two, uh, and we don't even know what the first patch will look like and what will exactly be in that and what weapons um, will be balanced and if that will change the competitive meta. But right now, three guns are actually being used um, in total. Uh, so we have the Rival 9 is the meta submachine gun uh, because the striker got nerfed after the beta. That was the ump and um, it was by and far away the best sub in the beta. Um, but now the Rival 9 is the best. And then as far as ARs go, there's kind of a split. Um, we initially had the Holger and that looked to be the best. And then the pros GA'd that. And then two burst ARs, uh, one was the FAMAS, they also got GA'd because they could essentially one burst you, um, and that just wasn't going to fly. And then all of the MW2 guns, of course, were GA'd as well, something that uh, you mentioned would probably happen on the last episode. So right now we have the MTZ and the MCW. The MCW is the ACR um, that you were talking about. Um, and those two guns are the assault rifles being used in scrims right now. Um, the MCWs of the classic AR, kind of a slower, even though it is like you can actually move around with it, um, but it's a little bit slower and um, it's it packs a little more damage. And the MTZ is the closest thing, in my opinion, to the Maddox that we've had since Black Ops 4, where it definitely feels like a submachine gun, but it is technically an AR. Um, you can move a little bit faster. It's a little bit weaker than MCW, but 
comparable enough to where players are actually using it on a consistent basis. So if we could get a three-gun meta, that would be incredible just to see what flexes really, what flexes, uh, kind of what effect they have on the game. And um, I think that the BO4 meta was probably our best in terms of having the the Maddox, the SOG, and the ICR, I believe it was that that year. And that was, that was really fun. Um, I do think the pub maps that are good are really good, and they're a lot of fun. Um, I've been trying to do camo challenges, so that hasn't been great. And I've been losing my mind with tax dance, but... Um, I told you. Yeah, but I, th- I think overall it's it's been fun. I think I've gotten like uh, three or four of the ARs gold and the striker gold. Um, so that, you know, it's been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if you had any thoughts on the guns and the meta being used right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like the ACR. Um, I really like the MTZ as well. Uh, when I was leveling that up, I basically used that as soon as I unlocked it up until the point that I unlocked the Holger at 37. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what level you unlocked the MTZ, but it was pretty early on. So I was using the first AR. Um, whenever I got the MTZ, I immediately started using that, and then I used that basically up until I got the Holger. So um, I do like the Holger um, as well. It feels really good. I can see why it was GA'd. Um, maybe it just needs a little tweak, so it's un and then that could be an interesting twist of the meta as well. Um, but I definitely like the, the, MC, uh, the MCW and MTZ. Um, I have not used the Rival 9 yet. Um, it seems like that is where people are going for in terms of the meta sub at this point. Um, I haven't used it yet at all. I, I haven't even used the striker. I've, I've really only used the the ARs. Um, I got them all max level, and I just need to do uh, the final gold challenge for the two burst guns, and then I'll have all the ARs gold. But um, yeah, so maybe tonight I got to tr- play some more zombies and try out the rivals so I can see what that's all about once uh, we do another show. Yeah, it's got some crazy recoil, but once you get the attachments, it's kind of it's kind of nice. Um... But yeah, I, I think overall, I, the game is essentially what I thought it would be in the beta. Um, there are some good things. There are some bad things. I don't think um, that the, I guess the praise that it's getting is, I, I think, a little undue because some people are saying that this is the best COD game since Black Ops 3. So that's the best COD game in like seven, eight years, right? Um I don't think that's correct at all. Like I would much prefer to play BO4 another year than to play this game. Um, of course, I'd, I I really only played uh, BO4 and Modern Warfare 2019 since then, and then a little bit of uh, well, I guess World War II was after that as well. I mean, I hated World War II, but um, I I've only played a few games. I didn't play every single COD game since uh, BO3, but I think people need to temper down some of their expectations and their praise about it just a little bit but I, I do find it a little bit enjoyable that people are actually being more positive about the game in general uh this year than in past years i think last year might have been the absolute worst uh, the first week buzz was just all negative and uh that can really bring down everybody's spirits um, even if you're not playing it and just watching it. Um, and the last thing I'll say has been it's, it's been a lot of fun to watch scrims uh, and the tourneys that have been happening over the last uh, few days, um, especially the scrims. Uh, you'll see tournaments here and there probably throughout the entire season 
even though there won't be as many people um, or like the the level of player streamer uh, might not be streaming it. But the scrims have been very, very fun. Um, watched a few Carolina scrims. I watched Temp's uh, team scrim. So he's teaming with um, Spart, TJ, and uh, Proloop. And Jerd, which uh, I mentioned to you in the um, the work chat today, Jerd is actually coaching them this year, which was very surprising. I was not expecting yeah. that. Um, like I said to you, I was so confused. I heard this like he he doesn't have like a real like um, strong accent, but you can tell he's like Irish, Scottish, or English or something. And I was like, who is this guy? Like. And, and then um, his name popped up on the screen. So I, I think that's awesome. Uh, like you mentioned, he he played with Temp on Splice in BO4. Um, and I'm sure he knows TJ for, for a while now. So, you know, cool to see him back in the scene. Uh, but just the entire idea of streaming scrims, I'm always in favor of. I know it won't last. It's, it's more of like a first month thing and and when we get closer to the actual events um that then they will pretty be pretty much be non-existent but at the moment it is a lot of fun uh any I, last I thoughts would, i would just say on on the scrim front i i think especially with some of these um teams like you mentioned the temp team we've talked about that that bance team um, yeah some strong eu players um, we're going to talk about Havoc later, but Havoc would have been a good example too. Somebody like Parasite as well. Um, obviously, when you're playing the pros, if they were to scrim the pro teams closer to the season, which I don't think they really would do that much anyway. Um, I feel like in recent years, the pros have really just scrimmed the pros, especially during the season. Um, but regardless, outside of scrimming the pros, these amateur teams should be scrimming, streaming their scrims like yeah. as much as possible. You don't want to stream your S&D. You want to cover the mini map or something like that to try and you know keep things under wraps and, and break offs, whatever. I get that, um, but there there's just so much potential value in, in growing your brand uh, through streaming these scrims, especially like you said, it, it creates some hype and excitement as well. Um, so I I hope that continues to happen for as long as possible, um, and potentially with you know who really knows what's going to go on with challengers with the game battles news. Um, you know, the, these challengers players might really need to, uh, have a, have a, a place to stream and create content anyways, especially if there aren't as many tournaments or whatever. That's just speculation. But yeah. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with you. Um, you know, like it, it's the best way to make income essentially. Like if you're going to be competing and you're going to be practicing all of this time and putting in this much effort into competing, but you're in challengers. So you're not receiving a salary like a CDL player would. Um, the best way to play and make money is to stream. And um, yeah, like some guys just have the personality where they could be playing pretty much any game or pretty much anything in COD and they would get viewers. But the it's it's not realistic for everybody like people want to watch scrims they want to watch eights they want to watch tournaments because people want to watch competition and that's kind of the that's kind of the gist of it like you know the reason i tuned into temp stream in particular today was he was scrimming with his team and i was like oh i want to see how this team is and they they scrimmed Minnesota and then they scrimmed Vegas and I was like oh that's cool I get to see two pro teams and I get to see this team full of ex-pros 
and I and you get to hear them discuss things after the map and kind of figure out how to improve during a map. That stuff is very entertaining, not only to me, but a lot of people. That's what a lot of people would probably want to see out of a, a stream in, in 2023. I don't think pub stomping is really going to get you super far in terms of um, content, unless you're like a Warzone streamer or something. But, um, you know, competitive, it's, this is kind of the way to do it. Um, something you mentioned and, uh, something that really was a big blow to, uh, competitive COD this week was the announcement that game battles will be shutting down as of January 15th, 2024. So just over two months from now, uh, game battles announced yesterday that the site will be shutting down in January and that, um, all like payouts and credits will be, um, you know, able to be like uh claimed until the very end of january in 2024 um i i said it in the work chat when we were talking about this uh among you know you me and scott but i i said like this is like a literally historic day in competitive cod history because there's so much history that is tied to game battles over the years um you think about pcls back in the day you know this is over you know 15 years ago but um those were through game battles obviously the game battle ladders have been legendary throughout the days um one of the biggest at least content um you know game battles related things i can think of was the road to 100 and 0 with optic um and that was like nade shot scump fizz and all of them um so that that was really big obviously Pretty much all of competitive COD has been based around game battles. Um, not really so much since the CWL and CDL have taken over, but 2Ks and 5Ks used to be all the rage. Every single weekend, essentially, there would be another game battles tournament for pros to play on. Um, so, you know, this is a really, really big blow. I kind of wanted to get your thoughts and feelings on this as someone who is older than me, who's more experienced than me, has played a lot more game battles than me. What are your feelings on game battles shutting down in January? Yeah, this is a really uh, difficult one for me. Um, you know, obviously there are people who have earned a lot of money on game battles and, and won tournaments and stuff like that. Um, I wasn't, I, I probably wasn't good enough to win too much money or tournaments anyway, but um, I physically couldn't do it because Connecticut was one of the states where you weren't allowed to play in wagers or anything like that until like gambling laws changed recently. Um, but I still, I, I just looked and I, I have over 3,200 maps matches played on my one account now. I had an account uh, get banned, my first one, for I was giving free wins to, to one of my friends and I got banned for that, which is pretty stupid in hindsight. But um, nonetheless, that, that account got wiped. So I don't remember how many matches I played on that one, but I, it's, you know, with over 3,200 on this one account from 2014. Um, it's probably, you know, safe to say I played close to 35, between 3,500 and, and 4,000 GB matches in over the last 14, 15 years. Um, so it's been a pretty big part of my life and, you know, I, I got up, I, I think I was a high 1K or a low 2K, I can't remember exactly what my highest rank was. Um, but then once the Jetpack games came out, I, I started playing with some of my, uh, IR, IRL friends and, 
not taking it as seriously and my rank really tanked and over the last couple of years i've worked really hard uh shout out Tremmy to try and get my rank back up to where it once was and i'm at a 3k now so um my goal is going to be over these next couple of months to get it as high as i possibly can um before it all shuts down but yeah it's it's been a really big part of, of my life and i know it's been a bigger part of other people's lives in a lot more ways than it's affected me but it's a very meaningful sight to me um and i, I just i'm i'm gonna miss it um like, like i was I, I wasn't even able to access the cmg site when cmg first started because like the uh the laws in connecticut I, it wouldn't even let me on the site or sign up for it so I don't even have an account on there, so if we if we do move over to there, I'm gonna have to start from scratch. But um, I definitely, you know, I I have a lot of fond memories from game battles over the years, and it's definitely uh, was some news I wasn't expecting, and something I'm gonna miss. Yeah, I don't think it really makes a ton of sense. Um, so I think uh, the I think Activision Blizzard they bought MLG and Game Battles in i think it was 2017 and i think the the price point was like 46 million or something like something along those lines uh in the 40s and uh now mlg is dead uh you know there was that one tweet or whatever in the off season that got people a little bit hopeful but there's been nothing since then and now game battles is shutting down in two months so um that was a really good investment, don't you think? $45 million or whatever just to completely ruin um, two very legendary brands in competitive gaming. Game Battles, um, been around for decades, has launched careers, um, not only like competitive COD players, obviously, but, you know, obviously um, there were, there's been a bunch of games on Game Battles. And I think that Fwiz has probably made it the best out of anyone because he was literally a GB ref back in the day. And then he ascended to the head of YouTube gaming. And, and now I think he's doing some uh, blockchain thing. But like just to think that a lot of people's lives and careers have been um, affected and you know positively affected by game battles and just kind of for it to go away um, of course it has been de-emphasized a lot over the years um, a lot of missed opportunities for gb um, maybe not so much by the people at gb but at the the higher ups we had game battles integration for one game right i think it was world war ii that was the only game that you had like an in-game um, you could actually play game battles through the game and not have to like set it up after or like beforehand. They had it in MW 2019 too, and in IW. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't remember it at all in MW 2019. Was it broken or something? Uh, there were definitely issues I remember, but I'm pretty sure I remember it being a part of that. Yeah. Unless I'm just yeah. Completely... So, okay. well, even even then, so let's say it's World War Two, IW, and MW twenty nineteen. Um, it seems like that should be just a given. Like, if Activision Blizzard owns Call of Duty, they own the all of the title, all of the IP for that, and they also own Game Battles. Game Battles is literally there to set up online matches with other people in private games. 
And those two things fit perfectly together. And yet it hasn't been a, it hasn't been integrated into a COD game in years. Um, it hadn't it, to that point until World War II, I think it was the first one. Maybe it was IW. I can't remember off the top of my head. It would have probably been... Which one was first? What IW? IW or what? World War II. IW. IW yeah. was the first jetpack or so jetpack. So we had like it, until whatever 2016 or 2017, it was not a part of Call of Duty. Um, and then they started off really strong once everything became under the Activision Blizzard uh, banner, and now it's been gone for years and. It's literally going away in two months. Uh, I just think this has been a horrible mismanagement by Activision Blizzard on a lot of fronts. Um, you know, I tweeted about it yesterday, but I said that um, my dream is that MLG will come back once the CDL dies, and or what you know, not like necessarily dies in like terms of everybody goes bankrupt or like essentially what the Overwatch League is going through right now, where the owners just like wipe their hands clean. Okay, we're gonna get out. We don't want to pay people anymore. We're just gonna leave the scene. When that probably inevitably happens, to be honest, um, my dream is that MLG comes back because it is still owned by Activision Blizzard. And we could unite some of the classic, um, you know, console-based games under that banner, and essentially make a pro circuit again. Call of Duty and Halo being the first obvious candidates for that, um, and then maybe Gears of War as well, uh, because everything is because uh, Gears of War and Halo are owned by Microsoft, and now Activision Blizzard is owned by Microsoft. So that could be something that could legitimately happen. It wouldn't be the end of the world. I don't know about Gears of War, but the Halo and Call of Duty one seem very feasible to me. And I do think there is quite a bit of crossover in terms of the fan bases and even the player bases, as we've seen with Frosty coming back um, or, you know, coming to COD, then going back to Halo formal being one of the best Call of Duty players ever and also one of the best Halo players ever. So I do think there are a lot of crossover there and, uh, we could benefit all from um, kind of uniting and taking ideas from each other's because I think Halo probably has the better system in place right now than Call of Duty. Uh, but I, I think Call of Duty is generally the more popular and more successful esport. Um, so yeah, I get it, circling back to the GB thing. It's just really disappointing. Seems very unnecessary um, and it calls into question a lot of what's going to happen with challengers this year because challengers was based on game battles um turn like the online cups and everything were done through the gb system and where does that leave the challenger scene um i i put it in the work chat today but there's like a legitimate non-zero chance that challengers will not be at least under the Activision umbrella for this year. Um, I just, I don't a hundred percent believe that they plan this out at any point. Um, obviously the people at GB had nothing to do with this. This is more of a higher up decision about, Hey, we don't want to spend this much money on this website that doesn't make us as much money as we probably thought we would, uh, or thought it would, but I mean, it, it's going to suck. And I think that 
there was a tweet about challengers about like they're kind of reassessing um or you know kind of they're going to make an announcement at some point about the future of challengers or what's going to happen now that gb is um is going away i just think it's so bad um that is going to mess up so many people especially if challengers isn't a thing under activision this year um we don't even have college cod now which was kind of like the challengers um almost like minor league it was if you want to consider challengers to be triple a then college cod seemed to be almost double a at this point or some kind of mixture because we did have ghosty one of the best rookies in the league he was in co- in the uh, college call of duty league and i think efuse pretty much shut down essentially uh or shut that down so there's nothing there there might not be challengers as we know it um the cdl is the the 12th team in the cdl has barely said anything over the past seven months um so it's just not a great time for uh, competitive cod in general in terms of the league structure and the path to pro um, but yeah, I'm kind of rambling and just a little frustrated with everything. Uh, any, you know, last thoughts or opinions, uh, about the GB stuff and the effect it might have as we progress, uh, towards its eventual demise. No, I, I think that's the biggest thing. And going back to what I originally said, it, obviously I'm going to miss the site and I appreciate everyone who worked on the site over the years and gave me the the opportunity to you know play so many countless matches on that um but definitely you know like i said it's affected other people's lives in a much bigger way than my own and especially with the uncertainty of challengers and all that right now it could have massive ramifications uh on the the challengers season this year so i'm just hoping everything gets resolved in a way that works out for the community and we'll have to see where that takes us yep uh, next, let's talk about some rosters. Uh, first, we have Vegas, and um, this is not much of a surprise because we had uh, gotten those reports about the potential roster. Attached, Nero, Standy, and Purge were officially announced as the Las Vegas Legion's 2024 CDL roster. Um, I think, really, like we talked quite a bit about this team, or you know, this iterate um, a different iteration of this team, which was supposedly going to include Mac before he announced that he was not going to play uh, to start this season. Um, so I'm not really sure how much thoughts we have, uh, how many thoughts we actually have on the roster, but the AI graphic that was included with this uh, Legion announcement. Um, was not well received by the community, if you could believe it. Um, the Legion, who have been notoriously cheap, would probably be putting it nicely, um, or cost efficient. Uh, maybe that's the best way to put it. Um, a team that has been made fun of for not spending much money in the past, uh, they did not apparently decide to shell out for a graphic designer, and they instead asked an AI uh, like image bot to make them uh, graphics for each of their players. And um, 
yeah, it wasn't uh, very well received. I was actually watching Attach's stream at the time that the announcement came out, and he was very confused why he had earrings on in the picture. Um, and I believe it was Purge said that he looked like a Fortnite character. Um, and the team actually didn't even know that the announcement was actually going to happen at that time. They were surprised mid-scrim that the uh, the team was announced on Twitter. So um, just a masterclass of uh, management by the Las Vegas Legion. Um, were you a big fan of the AI graphic? I was a big fan of it, to be honest. I honestly didn't even see the the graphics until just now when i i looked at the tweet that's pretty funny um and i definitely i I saw the rumblings about it but i didn't even really like connect the dots and think about you know the the thought of using ai as a point as opposed to spending money on a graphic designer is a pretty funny um coincidence or not a coincidence depending on uh your thoughts on vegas as an organization but yeah that's a definitely an interesting one um if you had Cod roster announced through AI on your bingo card for 2023. Congratulations. You can uh, check that one off. Um, but yeah, uh, we talked about this roster at the last two episodes now. Like you said, two episodes ago was when we had the rumor it was Mac. Uh, last episode, we had the r- report that it was going to be uh, Nero coming in with, with Purge, Standy, and Attach. Um, I still don't know much about Purge, but... Um, I've talked enough praise about Attach and Standy at this point. I think Nero is pretty good too. Um, so interested to see how this team works. Um, but yeah, I don't have, I don't think there's really much more to say on that roster right now. Yep. Uh, another one that we talked about quite a bit um, on the last episode, at least, was the Carolina Royal Ravens. They officially announced their roster as well. Uh, Clayster, Gwyn, Goderex, and Real. We will get confirmation eventually about actually how to say his name. Um, but uh, this roster has a little bit of uh, veteran leadership. Goderex has been around quite a bit. Uh, Clayster, obviously one of the best Call of Duty players of all time. And then you have Gwyn and Real making their, um, I don't know if the, this is this is probably their CDL debut. Um, uh, both really young guys, uh, a lot of promise. But I think the biggest story here, uh, again, similar to the uh, the Legion announcement, um, it's kind of the extracurricular stuff that ends up being the more noteworthy thing. And that was Gwen's mom actually leaking the roster like she's Jacob Hale or something. Um, she Mom Gwen Bomb or something. Uh, maybe we should try to hashtag that at some point but um she she uh she she leaked it literally like a week before they announced it um and uh gwen he tweeted uh why do parents make twitters and he posted a, a an image that says rage is consuming me um so i thought it was it was very funny um yeah so I don't know if you had any other thoughts about Carolina because we did talk about it quite a bit last week. Yeah, talked a lot about them. Um, I feel like I've been seeing some, uh, like the CDL scrim intel account has been posting some scores and stuff. So I haven't been looking too much into them, but I, I feel like I've seen uh, some decent ones out of this squad. So I again, I talked enough about it. Really like Clay. Really happy Goddard actually get another chance. Um, and excited to see what Real, Real, whatever, however you say it, um, and Gwen uh, get their shot in the league as well. 
Um, but there was there was this funny tweet. Uh, I just threw in the notes here from Clayster of somebody complaining about uh, Carolina after the rebrand keeping um, Royal Ravens as the name. Um, the the random Twitter user says. Was the royal part of Royal Ravens because the team was in London? Now it doesn't make sense. And another Twitter user goes, Charlotte is called the Queen City of the Carolinas because of its centrality, economic importance, and the fact it was named after Queen Charlotte still fits. And Clay simply just goes retweet on that. Um, so I thought that was pretty funny, um, especially in times where we're having these rebrands and people are questioning uh, stuff about, you know, the necessity of location-based teams and all that. I, I, I thought that was a funny interaction. But, yeah, um, another roster I think we've talked enough about at this point. Now it's official for both Vegas and Charlotte and – or, sorry, Carolina. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how both these teams do compared to some of these other squads that were formed a little bit earlier than them. Yeah. I mean, the biggest um, rebrand thing that probably needed to happen was the Legion's uh, logo because it's literally one of the French, uh, I think they're called like La Flies or something. Uh, I didn't take French in high school, so give me a break on that. Uh, but it has no relation to Vegas at all. Uh, but, you know, neither did the Legion really. So uh, LAG, that was something today. Um, the last two days, actually, that's kind of been the talk of uh, the competitive COD space um, other than GB's uh, unfortunate announcement. So... LAG reportedly were going to sign Gunless, Asim, Diamond Con, and Kremp for their roster. And that was as of yesterday, right? And then today, I believe, um, LAG reportedly switched to Diamond Con, Assault, Fame, and Estriel with Veos, Veos uh, as coach and Flames as their substitute. Uh, so this caused a bunch of pretty snarky comments from people um, and just a lot of like drama because I think it's undeniable that the, I guess the gunless and a seam are more well-known than pretty much anybody else on this team. Like I, I, of course, Kremp and Diamond Con, um, they are former pro players. Kremp was on. Boston last year, Diamond Con, part of that uh, original, um, not original, but he was on New York at some point, and uh, he was on LAG Academy as well. But Gunless and Asim are both very popular players, very well-liked players by other uh, current and former players, and it was just kind of like, um, I don't know, it was kind of weird to see people so negative about uh, another roster coming into LAG. Um, and so now we have Diamond Con Assault Fame and Estriel reportedly uh, being targeted for LAG's roster. And there's been a lot of um, debate about Vios uh, as the coach there because I think it, uh, it might have started with the Zuma stuff, like Zuma saying, like, who is he? Who is he? And I think that's a little bit disrespectful. Like, I understand it could be a legitimate thing. But it does come off as disrespectful when you're doing it on stream when other people are already saying he was LAG Academy's coach. Like, that's who he is. And then the enable thing really blew up. That was the more well-known um, kind of – like, he says it's a joke. And, like, I'll take him at his word for it. Like, I don't think he was being entirely serious. Uh, but people definitely took it as him being serious. And 
essentially what he said was he sounds like he sucks uh who is like he, he essentially echoed like who is he? he's like a nobody blah 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 and again that like again it if for the people who didn't think he was joking it came off as very disrespectful and very like mean-spirited that one of enable's friends essentially got screwed out of a spot and vios may have been uh, according to what asim said on zoom stream vios was actually the one that decided to change the roster because he got hired by lag and he is immediately went with this new roster of diamond con assault fame and estrial which would make a little more sense because like i tweeted um in traditional sports coaches come in they get hired and what do they do they hire their staff the staff that they want and if you're a pro team you go and sign players that you know or are familiar with um, that can help you install a system or install instill a culture in your team it's not very uh very much seen in competitive cod i would say but this it actually tracks with how traditional sports um act and and how things go there so vios apparently comes in he changes the roster and that leads to a lot of hurt feelings uh, but a lot of uh defenses uh people being in defense of vios as well clayster who was briefly coached by him in challengers uh marky b who is the outgoing lag head coach and he actually tweeted that he had been in consideration for the upcoming lag head coaching spot and that he pretty much figured out when the vo's report came out that he was not actually going to be the coach a fellow who also was coached by vo's he defended him um so there was just a lot of kind of back and forth there i kind of want to get your thoughts on that um on this whole situation because it is very messy and of course nothing is technically confirmed at this point it's all just reports and stuff but your thoughts on lag changing course for their roster and all of the drama surrounding the coach yeah i uh i don't think obviously I, i'm i'm not gonna pretend to know much about vo's um but i i do think it's an interesting point kind of like you said like traditional sports new coach comes in he's gonna bring in the guys he, he you know thinks is gonna help uh the team and perform the best um, I think what's happening in this situation or what has happened, and obviously this is speculation, um, but with the initial reported or rumored roster featuring Gunless and Asim, uh, those are two guys I myself was excited to see back in the league, especially Gunless. Um, but I've talked multiple, multiple episodes on this podcast about how highly I think of Asim. Um, so him getting another chance uh i would have been excited for and gunless I, i've thought very highly of him all the way back to when he was really making a name for himself at the start of iw um i just think he's a really talented player um and i was would have been excited to see him back in the league um but i think what's happening in this situation is you know not to you know blame anybody or anything like that but um it, it feels like some people some of these older pros, like you've mentioned, Numa, Zuma, and Enable, who have uh, previously played with guys like Gunless and Asim on their teams when they were competing, um, they, they probably are just a little upset or, you know, feel that some of their friends were, you know, 
done dirty or you know got the short end of the stick however you want to phrase it um and whether they're you know like enable is joking or not that that could play a factor in, in his opinions on uh the new roster that reportedly is replacing some of his former teammates and stuff like that so um that's what i think might be happening uh might be a little you know embellished at this point and a, a little bigger than uh, making people making it a bigger deal than it really is but um i think this really just puts a spotlight on lag and vios as a whole now more than ever um the the biggest thing he can do now in this situation if he's officially signed is is try to go out there and prove all these people who are down him wrong um and that'd be a pretty cool storyline especially with everything going on with lag behind the scenes and you know the 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 layoffs, and uh, especially now that Carolina and Vegas are officially announced, LAG is the only team that hasn't officially announced a roster. So when they announce, they'll be the last team to do it. Um, so basically, they would be starting from the bottom, really, and uh, got a long road ahead of them. But you know, it would be a really cool storyline, especially um, for Vios' sake and and some of these players, um, if they were able to prove some of the doubters wrong. But even with this new team, uh, you know, you and I got to talk to Assault a bunch at, at Columbus Champs. I, I've always, you know, that's that's Patty P's son before Patty P really retired. So I've I've always thought highly of Assault as well. Um, and it makes sense if he was a former LAG Academy coach. Obviously, Assault and those guys had some success. Dominican was on that team. Uh, with him last year too and he was the only one who didn't get called up to the main LAG roster um, when they made the initial changes at the start of the year so it makes sense that some of those guys that um, have seen success with this uh, with Vios as a coach are, are now potentially uh, getting a shot with him again just on the big stage so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out for LAG if it's all confirmed um, but I, I think at the end of the day, it could be a positive thing for LAG. Obviously, if they come out and just are really bad, um, it's not going to look great. Um, but, you know, they, they can kind of use this as motivation to try and prove some people wrong. And, and that could lead to some interesting storylines. So uh, we'll get to see how it all plays out in just a couple of months. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people saying whatever they want, uh, regardless of the result. Uh, whether they win their first match or they lose their first match, that will be something that people will actually be anticipating just so they can get off the little pot shots here and there. Um, last two things that we have on this show, actually three things. Um, I forgot to put one in the notes. Uh, but one, Lando uh, stepping away from the Call of Duty League. Um, uh, he was a uh, commentator uh, for the last few seasons. He was studies uh, broadcast partner. He announced last week that he will not be re-signing with the CDL this season. Um, so um, that's unfortunate. Uh, I think he showed a lot of promise, and I think he improved quite a bit from his first, uh, you know, first time commentating in the CDL to uh, eventually. Uh, I guess his last time at champs 2023. Um, so best of luck to him. I think uh, if you want to see his whole explanation and kind of um, his uh, reasoning and just kind of like him thanking people, essentially uh, go to his uh, YouTube um, and he has a video up there uh, talking about it. Um, did you have any thoughts on that about Lando stepping away? Yeah, I, I mean, I wish him the best in all his future endeavors, all that stuff. Um, I, I I thought he was a pretty solid caster. Um, 
I, you know, definitely wasn't expecting this, so it'll be interesting to see um, who the C CDL decides to bring in to replace him. Um, one thing that they could do, I don't think necessarily they might do it, but it's definitely something that would be interesting for some old heads like me, um, is maybe Nameless gets off the analyst desk and forms a casting duo with Study. You know, they kind of played together uh, in their playing days, so that, that could be an interesting duo if that's what they decide to do. Um, uh, but yeah, that's probably the, the biggest takeaway is obviously we're going to be seeing some new talent on the broadcast, uh, on a regular basis. So, um, yeah, good luck Lando. And, uh, we'll be interested to see who the league decides to replace him with. Yeah. I think the, the challengers commentators, uh, they're escaping yeah. me off the top of my head. I hold shift. Yeah. Um, I know, I know they, commentated for the challengers finals they were actually uh in where were they last year las vegas um and they were commentating on the main stage so like that that was a cool moment i'm sure for them and i think it would make a lot of sense especially with how much how many challengers players are kind of coming up through the ranks and uh, making their cdl debuts it would make sense for them to get that opportunity but i could also see what you're saying and shifting people that are already in another role on the broadcast into that slot and uh, obviously nameless and study have a you know a good a really good friendship and um, former teammates and everything so that you know that would be pretty cool to see um two more people that are also stepping away um one is neptune uh he's you know he's stepping away from cod but he is going back to halo to play in the next season to try to i guess become a, a halo pro once again um so you know he, he's obviously had a very up and down cdl career um he had that injury that really no one knew about until the end of the season with New York, and he got benched uh, during that season. Um, he was also with LAG, I believe, at some point. Um, so it's just been a kind of up-and-down um, time for him as a pro, uh, but I wish him the best of luck, obviously, because you know he showed a lot of, pro uh, a lot of promise uh, at times, and, um, you know, it, maybe he's just more comfortable with Halo, so that might be the way to go. Uh, did you have anything for that? Yeah, no, wishing him the best. You know, we, we've seen the the one comparison that, that really comes to mind for me is Frosty. Yeah. Um, I don't think Frosty ended up spending as much time as uh, Neptune did uh, in the league, but Frosty obviously won a couple of those uh, online tournaments with Florida and uh, Pharaoh and, and that squad in MW 2019. Um. So yeah, and and then Frosty ended up going back to to Halo. He obviously was did very well in Halo. Came to COD, won won a couple of those initial tournaments. Um, then went back to Halo. Um, so I don't really know Neptune's Halo history as well, but um, will be interesting to see if he finds success in that game. You know, even someone like Formal winning a World Championship after having such a successful career. In COD, started in Halo, came to COD, had a really successful career, went back to Halo, won a world championship there. So um, some some cool stories of that recently for, you know, Halo players coming to COD, leaving COD, going back to Halo, finding success. So maybe Neptune will um, add himself to that list. But uh, that's definitely what I, if, if I was him, at least that would be what I would aspire to 
uh, do in Halo. So best of luck to him in on that journey. Yeah, I mean, back-to-back years, we had Formal uh, last year winning the World Championship and Frosty this year winning the World Championship in Halo. So maybe Neptune can make that three years in a row where a, a former COD pro um, wins the World Championship. So that would be cool. Um, last thing that we have on the docket is Havoc. Uh, we have spoken at length on this podcast about how much we like Havoc um, and uh, specifically kind of like his content creation back in the day um, in BO3 specifically, I think. Um, and he announced this uh, actually yesterday that he is stepping away from competitive Call of Duty. Um, he had been slotted into uh, a challengers roster with Assault, Exceed, and Brack. And obviously that roster has been kind of thrown out of whack because Assault is now going to LAG reportedly. And with Havoc stepping away, they were going to bring in Journey to replace him. Um, so uh, kind of weird with the Challenger stuff. But uh, I watched a little bit of Colt's stream yesterday, and he essentially said that uh, it was foolish of him to think that he could do content creation and challengers at the same time um i just think it was too much uh to do both and kind of enjoy the benefits of both because uh, you know i'm sure he loves competing but it's also a lot of times um even if you want to stream scrims like we were saying earlier um there is a sacrifice of the content creation you can't put as much time you can't put as much effort um you're doing a lot of other stuff you know playing snd that's essentially cutting into your content creation time and i don't think that he could do both of those things at the same time uh so he's stepping away I, he did not close the door on potentially returning at some point but he seems pretty satisfied with just streaming and creating youtube videos and whatnot so um you know that's uh, that's great for him i'm glad that he's he's kind of one of the few uh pros that aren't like you know a phaser optic guy that has kind of made it in terms of uh, creating a little niche for himself in terms of competitive cod and in the streaming game um he's been like I, you have literally brought him up so many times about how much you liked watching him in BO3. And I think there are a lot of people like that, that just like watching him and aren't necessarily a fan of his teams or whatever. And he's been in and out of the league at certain points over the past few years. Uh, but he still has uh, a really loyal fan base and I'm very happy for him. If, if this is going to make him happier and healthier than, uh, all, all I'm all good with that. Um, what did you think of Havoc announcing that he's not playing this coming season? Yeah, obviously, uh, I would love to see him continue to compete because I still think he's one of the best S and D players um, we've had in the league. And you know, he, I, I just, it's tough to say one of the best S and D players because we have so many strong S and D players now. But he's really good at S and D, um, and that's what you you were mentioning. I I just remember his one v one streams at like ten in the morning on weekdays. During IW, and I remember he had these this plastic pair of sunglasses he used to put on like upside down, and, I, and he's just a funny guy, and I I love that that stuff, and um, I I wish him the best. If hopefully it's not the end of his competitive career, I would obviously love for him to to get another shot back in the league, and uh, you know that sort of deal. But if it doesn't happen, and um, he sticks to streaming and content creation, I'm I'm wishing him the best in that regard as well. Yeah, he actually was streaming 1v1s today. I, I saw him tweet about it. I, I didn't end up watching it, but I thought of you when I saw the tweet. 
I'll have to tune in next time I see it then. Yeah. So, um, yeah, best of luck to him. Best of luck to Neptune and uh, Lando. Um, quite a few people stepping away from competitive COD uh, over the past few days, which is unfortunate, but, um, you know, that's just the cycle of things. I remember in BO, what was that, BO3, um, when that was like the first year of the CWL uh, that was run by ESL. I remember Merck and TP like retiring or stepping away at that time. Um, and we've seen like aches and even before them, big timer leaving. So it's just kind of a, a cycle that continues to happen. It, you know, the, the game keeps moving on, but players are just like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I don't want to do it anymore. And that's very understandable. Um, I don't think we had anything else. Did you have anything before we get out here? I think we're good. All right, sweet. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for uh, listening and watching. It has been we're, we're almost out of the offseason, which is crazy because this has been a very, very long offseason. Uh, but thank you for supporting us throughout the offseason. And now we finally made it to MW3. And within a month, we will be we'll be talking about some CDL matches, giving our our uh, our vaunted predictions, um, the predictions that you guys always love, I'm sure. Just us predicting random matches that we have no idea how they'll actually play on the day of the match because we do them like four days in advance. Um, but thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, we are on YouTube and Twitch if you want to catch the next live stream. Uh, so you could go to twitch.tv slash podcast, or you can go to the Ego Chow Podcast YouTube. Uh, we live stream there uh, each week or each episode. Um, and then you could also find all of the videos, all of the podcasts for um, – for the the entire show we're 95 episodes in and they're all on youtube if you want to go find them and watch them you can also uh follow or uh like the feed at spotify apple Podcasts, google podcast amazon music a lot of places to listen to the podcast um yeah so thank you guys for listening and watching and uh make sure to follow the twitters at jbink with two k's at prez buyers podcast tours at ego child podcast probably shooting for an episode next week uh we'll see how things go but um we'll at the very least be back in two weeks if not uh which is i think after thanksgiving um so you know we're, we're getting closer to the holidays, so the schedule will be weird even then. Uh, but, you know, thank you guys for the support, and I will now turn it over to Bink. Yeah, I don't got much to add. Thank you guys, as always, for the support. We will see you when we see you next. And until then, remember to send the chow.